Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. With VMware. Free your employees to work more securely from anywhere. Visit exertis.ie forward slash VMware. This is News Talk. Hello and welcome to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming to you this week from Galway's Innovation Hub in the Portershed Bowling Green. Over the next hour, Joe Smith of Genesis gives his take on the shifting world of work and all the West has to offer in terms of tech. I'll meet some of the startups using co-working spaces as their base. Plus, we'll have some top tips for simple cybersecurity improvements. As always, you can email the show techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at JessKellyNT. Uh, and as I mentioned, I'm in Galway this week, which is buzzing because the races are on, of course, and there is such an incredible atmosphere here in the city. And what's even better, for the first time ever, I'm in Galway and it is not raining. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, I have been welcomed into the Portershed by the team, uh, including Anthony Shocknessy and Mary Rogers, who is with me now. Uh, Mary, thank you so much for having me. It is an incredible space, but this is a different Portershed building to what I was in the last time. Uh, can you just give me a bit of a rundown as to where exactly I am? Yeah, so you're in Portershed Ahame at Bowling Green. So this is the first of two buildings on Market Street. And uh, we're we're moving from Air Square to the, literally the city centre, centre, downtown Galway. And we opened in March. It'll be the home to 130 members. And um, we've already 97 members in place Air Square will close at the end of the year and the Connor Tribune right next door will open up. So in the end, we'll have seats for over 350 tech members. It's a beautiful building. Uh, I, I got a tour from Anthony earlier on today and the second you walk in, you get that atmosphere of I'm in somewhere exciting and good things happen here. There's plenty of hot desks. Uh, there's meeting rooms. I'm in your podcast studio. How do you decide the and how is it decided what goes into these buildings and the makeup of them and so on? Yeah, so we're always tech focused as in our core membership is tech and we definitely engage with them for the move. So when we were opening this building, we asked, what would you like to see? What do you want more of? What do you want less of? So it's really a community space. And I think that's really by getting their engagement early helped us kind of design this building better. We were like um, somebody described the Porter Shed here at Bowling Green as the Porter Shed polished. So I think we learned and we improved and that's what we'll continue to do. The uh, I've met some of the, the people working here today Um across the two floors of the building. Give us an insight into the kind of companies that are using this space and the kind of individuals that are using the space as well. So company-wise, um, some of our members have moved down from Air Square. So they're typically, you know, small startups, just scaling. So there might be one and two, four member companies. Um, people like, uh, actually, Brian McManus, I just met him from Real Engineering. is home from the States. So he was a member here and moved over to the US with his company. And he's back for a month. So Brian's here for the summer. And then you'd have Norma McCarthy's on her third startup. Started, scaled, exited, did it again, and she's back again for her third. So we have a lot of repeat customers, if you know what I mean, members coming back and doing what they're supposed to do, which is build, and then companies who have scaled from the zeros to the twenties. Anthony, when he was giving me the tour earlier on, he, he said that 
you you don't want people to be here for the long term. You want them to grow and get bigger and get better and get out and come back again. Just as you said yeah. there, that's that's a lovely message for for the people here that you want to see them succeed. Absolutely. And we love that. So I remember in the beginning, people would say, I'm really sorry to tell you, like, we're going to move out because we're at 15. I'm like, that's brilliant news. Let me help you find an office space. And how that works so well for us then is in Galway, we, we, we sit parallel with the bigger office spaces and we're trying to, they're trying to grow and we're trying to help them grow. So we're kind of feeding into that Galway tech ecosystem or the west of Ireland. We don't really mind where they move once they stay west. So we're always promoting different hubs and different office buildings from Galway up to Donegal. Have you noticed um, since the pandemic people are looking for a base now that like they're moving to Galway from somewhere else, they're kind of coming on home? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, I just left Air Square where a hot desker came in and he said he's in Galway like twice a month now. Um, he lives in Dublin and he's starting to try and get more and more and he keeps coming back to the Portershed. He's like, I really like it. And they're, but they're coming in for the community piece because I think a lot of them have the nice desks at home now, um, but they do come in just for the coffees and the chats. But definitely I've seen a push of people starting to come one day, then two days, and then they're pushing their bosses to say, can I stay longer? That's great. Um the buildings that you have, they couldn't be in a better location if you tried. How are the buildings identified and the, the whole process? How does that happen? Yeah, I felt like a bit of a proper property developer. Mm-hmm. Um, myself and Morris O'Gorman, who's the chair of the board, we literally searched the city and um, reached out to all the contacts we had and found these two buildings that are owned by Headspace. And um, they were great. So we took over this building, which was a derelict warehouse and um, just did a little addition but mainly refurbished it so it's really nice to see this derelict building turn into this vibrant tech space and the Connacht Tribune was a newspaper and the guys are moved out to Lisbon but their printing is now from Dublin so they're quite happy to see the building move on to someone else and we've already engaged with them to try and bring some of their character back into the building as we move on so we searched and searched but yeah absolutely in the centre of town and no one has complained about no parking. Amazing. That's great. And in terms of the tech scene and the tech community here, obviously every industry went through different challenges and there was pressures on individuals, businesses, communities and so on over the last number of years. How is the tech scene here in Galway? Is it vibrant? Is it growing? Is it bigger than ever? It's, I think it's bigger than ever. I think it took a, a dip during the pandemic, obviously, because everything went virtual. And techies were online all the time anyway, so the tech meetups did take a hiatus. We actually stopped them because we didn't want people going online for another thing. Um, but they're back. So our, our our monthly tech meetups on a Thursday are back here. And we're back to two or three events a week. So I think it's uh, as people have moved back to, they want to engage and they want that energy that's in Dublin, right? So they are happy to come to the Portershed for that. But generally around the city and county, um, the tech scene is growing. We have heard different case studies and individuals saying that, you know, initially they loved the idea of working from home because there was no commute. The hassle wasn't there, all the rest. But now, bit by bit, I'm meeting friends and family members who are like, I'm kind of a bit lonely. Or it'd be nice just to sit down and have a coffee with someone at 11 o'clock in between emails or in between meetings. Are you getting people getting in touch to take a hot desk just to try and get out of that routine of the work from home thing? Absolutely. Our hot desk numbers are way up. I mean, it's it's 
they're like the value of five or six desks a month now, full-time desks. So it's been great. The Connected Hubs push really helped that as well. And um, they're coming in because they are lonely at home and they're coming in to problem solve. You know, they can literally have that conversation at the coffee machine or just, you know, we're always floating around. So you're saying, how are you getting on? And if they have a problem, we're like, let me try and find someone who can help you. And the peer-to-peer support is huge in any of the hubs, not just here. So I think they are absolutely want to get out of their house. It's hard being at home all of the time. Yeah, and the the success stories, um, later in the show we're going to hear from Joe Smith, who's a great ambassador yeah. for the Portershed story, and we'll tell it again later on in the show. But you do have great success stories springing up out of these little hubs that you've just kind of imagined and made into reality. Yeah, it's fantastic, and our alumni have been real advocates mm-hmm. and um like they do they make Joe makes me smile all the time because he's so supportive and uh, like uh, we, we fast land a lot of FDI companies so Rent the Runway and Soti and um, gosh it's uh, Diligent and a number of other companies have come through here as they've set up while they're waiting for their offices and then they've become our friends as they've scaled out and they become um, like Devin Zimmer from Rent the Runway is our like CTO support you know like everyone's there to help so those the FDIs have been a great support for success and then our startups that have scaled on into their own offices too just around Galway or further out and we kind of ask them to move on when they get to 20 people and is there space is you know what what's the office space uh, rent wise availability wise beyond like when they get to the 20 and they have to move out Oh yeah, well now lots of office space coming on stream. Obviously, Bonham Key just opened two first buildings full, and he has. I can hear the concrete going down in the foundation for building number three, and loads of different office spaces around town because some of the larger companies have scaled down. So where they had three floors, they now have two. People are obviously building office spaces now for the hybrid model. So even if they have five hundred people, they're taking space for three hundred, and they're bringing teams in. So as a result of that, more and more spaces opened up around Galway. So the availability of office space in Galway City and the surroundings is definitely there do you have people that come in because of connectivity issues is that still an issue in this part of the world uh, it is for some people actually Rosemary who works with us says she's out in Carandola and it's a definite issue and um, Finn Delaney uh, he said it's been game changing to be here going to the one gig we're obviously supported by Syro now who put in one gig for us and that's been game changing for a number of the companies just the speed but yes in the west of Ireland connectivity is still an issue for sure that must be frustrating if it's a barrier, but it's also then it do, it's another string to the bow of somewhere like Portershead to have that incredible connectivity. Exactly. So it's a it's a bit of a win for us, obviously, because they'll come in for it. But I don't think they're coming in just for it. But it is part of the the hook to get them in, even for one or two days a week. And I think it's getting better and better, obviously, around the country. But it's not there yet. Mm. Um, so we're sitting literally across from where the new building, uh, it, the work is going on. I saw builders uh, around there today. When is that opening up? So we're hoping hoping to have it open uh, November 1st. Um, and it's moving fast, plastering going on and painting. And um, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Like we have a really cool innovation space, production studio, hot desks, private offices, rooftop. Um, we really feel like it'll be the centre of tech in Galway once we get it open. And are you going to be sad to see the original building shut down? No, we cried for that like three years ago <laughs> Okay. <laughs> when our lease was broken. And now we're happy because uh, we feel like this is a campus. You know, this is building one and two and that whole interaction will be able to serve as 400 tech members instead of, you know, the 100 we had up there. So, you know, we're over it. <laughs>
Well, good stuff. This is an incredible facility. Thank you so much for having us down and uh, every success with the new buildings. Thanks so much, Jess. Now, one of the people using the brilliant facilities here at Porter Shed Bowling Green is Robert O'Shaughnessy, co-founder of Metadomo. Uh, Robert, thanks for your time, firstly. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit about your own story and how you came to be working here? So I was in Dublin for 10 years almost, um, all the way through my 20s, was working for RTE. And uh, I decided I wanted to do a startup. So I got involved in the tech scene in Dublin. Um, we got funding from uh, the NDRC and uh, built up that company, sold it to an American company um, in Dublin and then went to work for them. And that, at that point then, I was thinking, right, I'm into my 30s now. We've had our first child. It's, it's time to come home to Galway. All my family are from here. My wife's family are from here. Um, so we said we'd make the trip down. And I think uh, one of my big concerns really about moving from Dublin to Galway was um, there's a great tech ecosystem and a great community in Dublin mm-hmm. for what you want to do, for co-founders, for technical people. I wasn't so sure it was there in, in Galway. Um, what year was this? What year did you move back? This was, tw- I want to say 26, 2015. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was definitely starting. It mm. was definitely, I just wasn't aware of it. Or yeah. I wasn't being connected to it. Um, and so I think uh, what I was looking for was kind of a hub or a place to kind of um, uh, find that within Galway. In Dublin, I was in... Um, the, the corn store which is where the NDRC is based and you've got mm-hmm. all these great mines that you're bouncing off all the time but I didn't know if that really existed or was only starting to exist in Galway Yeah and for anyone who's, who's not in this space and who's never worked in somewhere like uh, the NDRC or the Portershed or Dogpatch Labs there are so many brilliant facilities around the country but for someone who's never been in one what is it that makes you want to seek one out? And what do you get from from a career point of view, from a mental stimulation point of view? Like, what is the, the magic sauce here? Yeah, I think it's... Um, I think it's a community. Mm-hmm. And it's a community of people on the same path as, as you. I think... Um, it takes a lot of energy to do a startup or to be involved in um, driving anything that's high growth technology and being able to go into a network of people that are all doing the same thing, facing the same challenges, trying to find the same people um, to be able to talk to and bounce off. That's kind of incredible. And being entrepreneurial, it's hard work and being able to sit down and have a coffee with somebody facing the same issues at a different stage, maybe they're before you or, behind, or, or after you, is is super and, and you need that energy. You mentioned that you have, you know, you made the move uh, from Dublin to Galway. You were working remote, uh, sort of out and about for quite a while. Do you think that... Uh, the notion of working from home is overrated. Do you think the hot desking or the co-working space is beneficial? Um, yeah, I think definitely. It has its place. So when remote working came along, I'd been doing it for a very long time previously. And I think everybody was super excited about it. And it has huge benefits. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but when you do it for long enough, like I had done, you realize you need connection and mm-hmm. you need community and your days start to blend together very quickly. I think people are starting to see this now. So I think hybrid is really an approach where, you know, y- you can set your hours better to 
like I, I have a family, so I want to have more time with them, be able to be with them in the morning, not rushing into the office. That's something that people want. Um, and then if you're into an office space, maybe you don't have that as much. So I think hybrid in terms of your time, but then hybrid in terms of when you come into the office. So being having a space like the Porter Shed or a workspace, you can come in for two days, three days a week. Mm -hmm. um, that suits you where you get that stimulation we were talking about, being able to meet other people. And um, and just feeling like feeling like you have a separation from work and 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 your home life is mm -hmm. super important. So I think it is. Um, I think we're gonna we're gonna sit in the middle somewhere. And I think what would be beautiful is to have hubs all around suburban areas, not so far from people's houses, where they're actually working in an office space with their own community. They're neighbours. They're all in different companies, but they're working in spaces together. So you're you're in a workspace with people that matter to you and that are at are close to you at a reduced distance, and you're near your schools for pickups and everything. I think that would be a fantastic way to see things go. Yeah, it'll be it would be beneficial for the whole community, and I do think. Although, thankfully, COVID is pretty much touch wood gone. Uh, I don't think everybody has figured out what the future of work looks like. Everyone thought this is the new normal now. We'll be doing X, Y and Z. But I don't think we've found the rhythm yet because I do think people are fed up working from home. Or like I know people who live in one bedroom apartments and are working from the ironing board because they don't have the space <laughs> for a desk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I don't think we're there yet in terms no. of figuring it all out. Yeah, I think we're in a crisis moment in, in some ways still. I think we've all worked way too hard for too long. A lot of people are burnt out by the lifestyle they've, that they've been in and they're realising uh, now that it's broken, but mm -hmm. they don't know exactly how to fix it. They've been given a kind of an offer of a solution, but it's not fully there. So I think we're going to iterate to what the right space is. Maybe it's a four-day work week, maybe it's flexibility, maybe it's some days in the office, some days not. But I think it's all a really good thing because I see burnout as something that was happening at a huge scale. And I see a disconnection between people and their families because mm -hmm. of how hard we work and in the way we work. So I think this is really good that it's happened. We haven't figured it out yet, mm -hmm. but we're going to figure it out. We're going to iterate on together and to get to a good place. And it's going to be a little bit different for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I think the notion of a one size fits all just really doesn't apply anymore. I would love to hear from you. Where are you working? How is it going? And what would you like to see change? You can email me at any stage, techtalk at newstalk.com. Uh, but for now, Robert O'Shaughnessy, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. When we come back, I'll be joined by the brilliant Joe Smith of Genesis. Tech Talk on News Talk with VMware. Free your employees to work more securely from anywhere. Visit exertus.ie forward slash VMware. Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. And I'm in Galway this week, broadcasting from the beautiful Portershed building just off Shop Street. And I am now joined by somebody I mentioned earlier in the show as being the perfect case study and example as to why co-working spaces and innovation hubs like this are so important. Joe Smith is the Senior VP of Research and Development for Digital and AI at Genesis. Uh, Joe, it's great to chat to you again. I always enjoy our conversations. Um, we've spoken a number of times over the years in different locations around the country. Uh, but can you just remind us a little bit about your own story and the role that Portershed has played in it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so... I was CTO and co-founder of AltaCloud, so we're a startup uh, based here in Galway. Um, based, our concept was to bring the web experience together with the customer care experience. Um, 
and we started myself, and my co-founder Barry O'Sullivan. Um, we started talking about this in 2012, and we formed the company in 2013. And you know, then we we both had been working extensively in Cisco and Nortel, so we had a background in customer care, and we could see the web wave coming. We could see cloud computing coming, uh, and we wanted to do something in that space. So we had the idea. We built a prototype. Um, in conjunction with a couple of kids from Waterford IT, of all places. Um, and then we did a seed round in, in 2013. And then we did our first hires out of NUIG and the Insight Centre here in Galway. So leveraging the ecosystem, the network that we had, finding really great people um, like Ismail Rivera and Magic Dabrowski and Colm Halley uh, to help us work through the implementation of AltaCloud. Um, we grew then over the next couple of years. The Porter Shed opened in 2016. We moved. We were the first company to move into the Porter Shed. Uh, we recognised the fact that it was going to be a wonderful networking hub to to spread ideas, to gather gather ideas, to work for raising capital, bringing all those things together. Um, so we continued to build out the company, build up the uh, the the revenue base that we that we had. We were. We were. We have uh, another co-founder in California who was doing sales. Um, American market is huge. We got to go after that. We got to be thinking global. You can't just be thinking Ireland in a startup. Um, <clears throat> so then, we, by 2018, we built the company out to about 22 people, and Genesis came in, and we really liked the way Genesis were thinking about this marketplace of customer care being historically voice-centric, but moving very rapidly to digital engagement and connecting the web engagement with with what a, a call centre agent needs to do their job. So it was a really good fit for us. So you know, we were at 22 people and they acquired us in February 2018. Um, since then, we've been growing rapidly. Uh, we unfortunately outgrew the Porter Shed in the end of 2018. We had 64 people at that point and we moved into our own premises. Um, and now we're at just over 350 people with Genesis here in Galway. Which is incredible. And I want to talk a little bit more about the Genesis journey in, in a minute. But before I do, you mentioned there about the, the tech ecosystem. And in Galway, in back in 2016, when Portershed first opened, what was the scene like? Was it, you know, a bubbling scene? Was it a vibrant scene? What what was it like back then? Yeah, uh, look, uh, there was a number of really good companies out there. You know, one-page CRM, um, Siren was just starting off. There was a couple of companies ar- around at that time, um, but the the Portershed was really a catalyst for bringing it all together and enabling a focal point for startups to come together, learn off each other, and and grow together. The I remember talking to you previously, and you were talking about how. It's great to have other companies around with different levels of experience somewhere like this because you could be going to make your coffee yeah. and you could be stuck on a problem and like in a rut with it and you tell the person next to you who is in a completely different company yeah. and all of a sudden just by having that conversation a solution could come out of somewhere or maybe they've gone through it yeah. and that could be so beneficial at really crucial moments for your business. Absolutely. Like I remember having coffee conversations with others in the border shed around how do you handle intellectual property? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with open source? How do you deal with your first round financing? Those sort of questions that you know, oh, sit down, we'll have a chat. They're critical for helping startups, particularly first time founders who have, you know, they the could be, they mightn't have an aspect of their 
business acumen built out at this stage mm -hmm. and they can just bounce those questions off people there at the coffee dock and grab them for a couple of minutes. It's, it's awesome. You've been a great advocate for this part of the country for a long time and it's brilliant to see like the, the fact that we're in a new Porter Shed building and we're sitting opposite another one that's being built out now, you must be delighted to see places like this yeah. go from strength to strength and see the next iteration of Alt Alta Cloud coming through the, yeah. the gap and, and making the most of the opportunities in this part of the country. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic to see what Porter Shed have done. Also what's happening out in, in, in GMIT mm -hmm. and, and and in, in UIG, sorry, Atlantic Technical University, it used to be GMIT, um, and uh, you know, in, in, in UI Galway. Um, and those three things come together, there's real synergy there. Um, the fact that we've now two Portershot buildings is just showing you the success that's been brought through by Mary and Anthony here at the Portershot. Mm. And, and we continue to be corporate members to support it. Um, the fact that it's downtown in the centre of Galway, um, alongside you know, our own building in Genesis, we chose to be in the centre of Galway uh, with our new premises. Um, you couldn't get a better location, sure you couldn't in the city. No, it's it's wrong. And, and that's that's leveraging the other aspects of you know the culture and the and the lifestyle here in Galway, um, bringing all that together just really has a special ambiance to it. Mm. The um, the pandemic and I'm kind of sick of talking about it, but it did <laughs> kind of shake things up, right? And it pushed us to work in different ways that we probably naturally wouldn't have done for five or ten or twelve years. You know, like yeah. everybody just shifted. Um, do you think that the the shift? has been a good thing and do you think that we're at the end of the shift or are we still shifting? I think we're still shifting. Mm. I think there's a... So we were all forced home over the space of two or three weeks in March 2020. Um, so we had to adapt very rapidly. Um, from our perspective in in, in you know, what we did in AltaCloud and what we're doing in Genesis, it has driven home the fact that cloud computing is the only way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, but from a people perspective, we now have to deal with um, you know, people working from home. How are they going to be? Have they a pro proper setup in their desks? How are they going to communicate with other people? Now, tools like Zoom, tools you know, and Teams and those types of things absolutely were critical to that transition. Um, but now we're moving back where the offices are starting to open up. Um, the way you think about the office has to be radically different to mm -hmm. the way you th thought about it in 2019. It's not just rows and rows of desks where people have meeting rooms. It's got to be a an interaction space where there's community, um, where you can also interact with your colleagues who continue to be remote because that's always going to be a thing from now on. Yeah. And we allow our, our employees to go fully remote, um, hybrid, so two to three days a week in the office or fully in the office. And the way it's breaking down now, it's about 15% want to be fully in the office. Two, another two-thirds want to be hybrid. Another one-third-ish want to be uh, fully remote. And that's what we're saying earlier. You know, we've 350 people now. About 250 are local to Galway. And the rest are spread from Donegal to Kerry to Cork to Waterford, someone even in Dublin. Mm. And uh, you know that's a great thing. Because we're also working with colleagues in across the spectrum from India to Hungary to Ireland through to the both both coasts of the US. Yeah. So we have to have this ability to have focus time, have group time for your local scrum team, 
and then for interaction t time with the wider uh, people, spectrum of people you have to, to interact with to get your job done. Yeah, I, I mean, because companies like yours, and there's so many examples of companies, like the big, all the big tech companies, they have offices all around the world. So like video conferencing is not a new concept and working with colleagues not in front of you is nothing new. But I do wonder, as we go down the road of people working from home all the time, are they going to miss out on those little nuggets that we were talking about in the yeah. Porter Shed kitchen a few minutes ago, you yeah. know, of either letting off steam, having a bitch and a moan, having a laugh, talking through a problem. That that human connection for me, and I, I would always kind of jokingly say, I don't like people. I just like sitting on my own with my headphones on, doing my own thing. But during the pandemic, I realised in myself, I need to be around people and I need to have those conversations. Yeah. So how are, how are businesses going to strike that balance to ensure... Yes, you have the choice to work from home, but you're not going to bounce off the walls because you're going to be on your own the entire time and you're still going to be part of this company. Yeah, I think that's where the hybrid working comes in. Mm. You know, you choose to be one, two, three days in the office, four days, five days if you want, or stay remote. And But we've stood back because we were designing the building through COVID. We stood back and thought about, okay, have we more small collaboration spaces where a team that's four of them into the office and three of them are somewhere else mm -hmm. can collaborate closely um, the issue of you know the coffee talks and discussions that's up to the individual well, do they want to come in uh, one, two, three days a week and enjoy that but can individuals know that like this is what I, I kind of find a bit funny is that it does come down to individuals having that come to Jesus moment within themselves going, OK, I am this kind of person because I know in my office there's days when I'm in great form, there's days when I'm in crap form, there's days when there's stuff going on or whatever and my boss or one of the other, you know, managers will walk by going, what's wrong with you? In a kind of jokey way, but yeah. checking in. And I think that's important that, you know, managers do understand and interact and can pick up on the non-verbal cues because not everybody is great at saying in a team's culture, you know what, I feel crap today and I'm not bothered. It, it does drive a different managerial style, mm. for sure. And you need to be much more proactive in over-communicating with people, mm -hmm. right? Um, you know, managers really up to their communication game when people are remote and make sure they check in and don't be missing one-on-ones and just even if it's an instant message how are things today right those those sort of things are critical to continuing to have a really good open communication and making sure all your people are in the best position they are they can be for themselves and and to enable their work mm. it's a funny one because you know before the pandemic i think ireland was a great place to showcase all different kinds of companies, not just tech, but like we, we were a great business and still are a great yeah. business uh, country. But I do think that the pandemic has put a magnifying glass on the management styles and how it's not always a good thing for people to get promoted because they've been in a company for 15 years. You know, you should get promoted to, to a managerial level if you have the right skills. Yes. And I think soft skills were kind of dismissed for a long time. But now, from the businesses I've spoken to over the last wee while, the soft skills are more important than ever before. And human resources and all of the stuff that people might have rolled their eyes at a yeah. few years ago, are they're so vital to businesses right now. And I think they will be as we continue this shift to whatever the new normal will be. They will. And managers are going to have to learn these 
soft skills for mm. sure if they're not good at them. And people should always attack their, their weaknesses and, and you know, learn their weaknesses, not be afraid of their weaknesses. Um, but I also think, you know, from when I look at Ireland as well, if just shift slightly, is that there's a threat and an opportunity in remote working for Ireland. Um, we've proven, and with the startups, the fantastic startups that are coming through now, much bigger than what Altitlow got to, um, that we can do software engineering as good, if not better, than anywhere in the mm-hmm. planet. Um, and we have to embrace that. You know, We're no longer the offshoring element of some American tech company. We are, we are delivering intellectual property in our own right that can stand up globally. And you know, we, we need to, Ireland needs to stand up and have, be assured in itself that we can, you know, we don't need to be war- fighting just on cost anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have the intellectual, the third or fourth generation of software engineers here now that has the, the managerial skills and the technical skills to be able to deliver world-class product. So I think it's an interesting place that Ireland's in now, that we've gone through the offshoring cycle. Yeah. Now we're seeing places like Eastern Europe and India where there's elements of offshoring, but we're becoming more central stage. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have to we have to follow through and, and be assured in ourselves that we have the talent and, and capabilities to be able to do that uh, for both startups and also within larger companies uh, um, multinationals. Mm. I think you're right. It's an interesting time because there's people, say my age and younger, who've been working in tech companies and picking up bits and pieces, mm. and then suddenly they get an idea and they think, Do you know what? Maybe I'll go it alone. And we we are great at like it's becoming. It is normalised now for someone to go into a startup as a side hustle you know just chip away at it and then take the leap and quit their job and put everything they have into it and we have so many examples of that but is now a good time to do that yeah look, a good example of that is MME and in precision sports mm-hmm. she was working in Cisco and she's spun out and she's, she's got help with the AI and she's you know, we're doing some mentoring with her and she's doing great right um, is now a good time you know we're, we're probably gone past the peak of tech and we're somewhere figuring out a, a trough or at least a, a short term trough um, AltaCloud was started in the teeth of a recession mm. um, I think uh, that is actually a good time to do a startup because governments are more likely to help you to support you and second of all talent is more likely to be available particularly talent coming out of colleges and, and, and PhD programs and things like that um, so now is a good time. I think the fact that a lot of people who have been through the multinational experience are spinning out. Yeah. You know, I'm involved with Luna Connect here here with Brian Darcy, who came out of Hewlett Packard. Um, and, uh, you know, they're doing really well now. And they've been at it about three or four years, building their, their MRR. Um, they're going to be very successful. Mm. So this combination of I have experience, it's the right I'm going to be able to pick up uh, talent to mm. help me grow my business um, and government support those three things coming together will bring on a full new wave of startups but I think it's scary when you're reading headlines like we're reading at the moment about the tech sector and you're seeing big companies not only not hiring but letting people go and there's 
a big uncertainty as to where we are. Is this just a bit of a plateau because tech was growing, 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 growing for such a long time? Okay, I'm going back a bit. I lived through the dot-com blowout in okay. 2001, <laughs> right? We thought the world was ending, but yeah. not. It wasn't. It was actually the new start of a new phase. Mm. The, the, the requirements for software engineers is going to grow and grow and grow over the next 100 years. Okay. There is no doubt about that. Mm. The more things that become creative in software, and we're even starting to see it in biotechnology now, mm. requires a lot of software. Um, so now is a great time to get into software engineering and computer science. And I'm continually banging that drum that every transition year, fifth year, sixth year, male or female should be considering software mm-hmm. engineering as a career. Um, and the road, the there may be a plateau right now, but just like the dot-com blowout, it, I see it as just the start of another wave. Okay, well, that's a nice optimistic uh, way to look at it. Um, I know I always ask you this question, but connectivity, right? It's Ten, ten years ago uh, next month is when Pat Rabbit uh, unveiled the, the, the latest iteration of the National Broadband yeah. Plan. And I was listening to clips of him talking about it on News Talk Breakfast the day it was unveiled. I think it was the 31st of August. And I think the vision was to have it done within a matter of years. Obviously, we're 10 years on now, so that's a long time. Is it still an issue in this part of the country, the lack of connectivity? And is it a barrier to people um, picking this part of the country as their base? I don't think so. I, th- I think it's a barrier in certain further out locations. Uh-huh. But anybody who's anywhere near within a few miles of any kind of... of um, Central Hub is is well covered with up to 100 megs mm-hmm. of broadband. Um, I know the broadband rollout's continuing, but it's interesting the take-up is low, and I think that's because those people have found other ways around it. Um, so I don't think it's an issue. I certainly have none of my employees really saying it's an issue when they're working in hybrid mode mm. and they're scattered all around the Galway area. And having facilities like this, are beneficial in those instances yeah. as well, aren't they? Because it just means then that you have somewhere to come. Yeah. You know that you're like the the Syro rollout here has been yeah. a game changer. Mary was saying so. Like it doesn't seem to be even five years ago, six years ago, whenever we first spoke, it it there was pockets that were in trouble. Yeah, but um, it's absolutely the gaps are starting to be filled in, and and it's over time. Mm. It's made a big impact. So. Is Galway, is the west of Ireland, this pocket of the country, is this going to grow? And do you envisage companies now saying, do you know what, this part of Ireland is actually great to have my base or a second base or, you know, find talent and take up a space in, maybe not here, but like other co-working spaces where we can get an office block for 20 people Mm -hmm. and have that as our hub. Do you think that's... We have many examples of that and it's... I, I talk to maybe the idea, some company, the idea has come through maybe every eight to six, six to eight weeks. Um, they don't all choose to come to Galway. Mm-hmm. They choose to come to Limerick or Cork or even some of them go to Dublin. Um, but um, absolutely, Galway is a great place. Look at, look at us. We've, we've found the talent. We've added over 320 software engineers in the space of under four years. Mm-hmm. Um, we have other examples of that. We see Diligent, we see Signify has just come, um, we see Polly has just come. All, all of this, 
the stand the quality of graduates mm-hmm. out of our uh, out of our local universities and what we can attract in from the other universities around Ireland is world class. Um, my American colleagues keep commenting on how good the software engineers are here out of college. Um, so I am absolutely convinced that Galway is a great place to either start a company or bring a company. Mm. Well, as I said at the top of the show, you're a great example of <laughs> why this part of the country is so vibrant, the tech talent, the great stories and the importance of places like the Porter Shed. And I always enjoy talking to you and getting your take on things. Edjo, thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jess. Tech Talk on News Talk with VMware. Free your employees to work more securely from anywhere. Visit exertus.ie forward slash VMware. Yeah, this is Jess Kelly coming to you from Galway this week. As ever, if you want to get in touch, you can drop me a line, techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Twitter at Jess Kelly NT. Now, I have met so many brilliant people over the last few days here in Galway and it is great to hear the growth that is going on within the tech sector in the city. One area in particular that is growing everywhere is, of course, cybersecurity. Uh, Andrea Manning is the CEO and co-founder of CyberPie, and she joins me now. Andrea, you're very welcome to the show, firstly. Can you just tell me a little bit about your own business? So I started off life in GDPR, and while I was doing the GDPR, I realised that how many small businesses were just struggling with cybersecurity, and the two are one and the same in my world. You can't separate them out. So the more I sort of dug into cybersecurity, the more I realised that the small businesses were just completely being forgotten about when it came to cybersecurity. They didn't have the resources, they didn't have the know-how, and there was so much good stuff happening in the cybersecurity world, but it never filtered down to just regular people who were trying to run their business. And then I came across a report from MTU and it said that 90% of the businesses in Ireland were micro businesses one to ten people and that just that I couldn't I couldn't let it go and that's when I came up with the idea of a cyber pie was to literally give the micro business a piece of the cyber security pie so all the good stuff all the industry best practice but kind of interpret it um, curate it and then make it relevant and doable for the small micro business owner because they essentially have to DIY their cybersecurity and nobody had ever put the words DIY and cybersecurity mm. together either. So that's where it went and that's, you know, it started off with productizing security awareness but it was more than that because security awareness is all about don't click on links, don't reuse mm-hmm. your password. But so few people say, actually, you know what, this is what you can do. Yeah. And that that's the secret sauce is instead of just scaring the pants off people and say, you're going to get hacked, you, your life is going to be over. Just saying, you know what, within your resources, with for your type of business, this is what you can do. Mm-hmm. And in plain human language, not in cybersecurity speak. Yeah, because I think businesses, they hear the horror story. So everybody heard of the HSE ransomware attack. Yeah. And everyone heard cybersecurity experts going, this could be you, don't click on anything ever. And you think, Oh, well, I have to click on things like and so exactly. it can become very overwhelming. And I think businesses can get talked into spending money they don't necessarily have exactly. on overly sophisticated cybersecurity stuff. Yeah. I think that there, there there is a level of education that needs to go before any element of investment. Exactly. And I think the other thing is the cyber shame. So whenever I help somebody who's had their Instagram account hacked or had their bank account cleared over, the first thing they say is, I feel so stupid. Yeah. 
And I'm like, you are not stupid. It has happened to all of us, but we don't talk about it enough. So you only hear about the university or the HSE, but you never hear about the small business that was hit with you know, a business email compromise and had to pay over, say, 6,000 euro. But when you're a small business, and I'm a small business, 6,000 euro is make or break. It's life it's or death. It's a huge amount of money. It can wipe you out. Mm-hmm. And there is a statistic out there that says that 60% of small businesses that are hit by cybercrime will close down within six months. That's so we grim. need to make it more, we need to talk about it more. We need to get rid of that cyber shame. Um, because that's where you can start educating people and making it a talking point and making people more aware about and reporting it. Mm. Well, we, we spoke about this on the show uh, earlier in the year that uh, in the wake of the war on Ukraine, there was a spate of cyber attacks targeting small you know, GPs and pharmacies, essentially. And they were getting help from cybersecurity experts to try and navigate through that difficult period. But because they didn't want the shame or the reputational damage, they weren't being reported. So the Gardaí or the Data Protection Commission don't really have full eyes on the stats in terms of the number of attacks, how bad they are, how they're being solved, if they're being solved, who's behind them. There's there's so much unknown because of the cyber shame. And, you know, if I, a small business, if you are attacked, you're not going to go and shout about it no. because your reputation is gold. Mm-hmm. That's that's what you live and die on, especially when you're a small business. So we have to just, I don't know, change the narrative, change the story. And the most important thing is to make it feel doable. And what if you read about the biggest ransomware attacks, the, the biggest things, you know what? They always begin with something simple, mm-hmm. a bad password, a compromised email account. Somebody multitasking, lack of training, all the basics. Mm. And at the moment, there's a thing, there was a big hack. And it's because in the last week, I've had my business Facebook account, password resets, account resets, codes coming through, somebody logged in from Vietnam. The thing is, you need to know how to deal with that mm-hmm. and not just ignore it or think that it's a scam. Because actually each time I've had to go in and change my password and that. But because I had, I've had, i got all this, the, this, the controls in place, mm. I'm fine. But yeah. how many people haven't? And you have your credit card attached to your business Facebook account, which gets, then gets they start charging adverts to your Facebook account. And you kind of won't know until you get your first bill. Mm. So it's really showing people how they can just put the defenses up. And then I always say cybersecurity has got three sides. One is like all the locks on the door, the guard dog, et cetera, et cetera. Stop people trying to get into your Mm. house. Then the middle bit is tech. If they get in your house, you need to have some tech alert you, the fact that you have been compromised. And the final bit, which so few small businesses work on, is how will you bounce back? How will you recover? And that is things like having having your backups, having somebody on standby when you're hit. We've got to sort of teach people the big, like I say, what the big guys do, but make it kind of doable. And it is, it's, you know, defend, detect, and then recover. If people want to get in touch and um, learn more about what you do and maybe avail of some of those uh, cybersecurity tips, where can they find you? So we built a website and we have our app, which is live. It's still a beta app, so we're trialling an area. But we have a website called cyberpie.com. Brilliant stuff. Well, that is where to go. Uh, Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. And that is all we have time for this week. Before I go, I want to say a huge thank you to the team here that welcomed me in, allowed me to work from here all day and kept the coffee coming. Uh, It is an incredible facility. If you're ever in the city, do swing by. Uh, It is a true hub of innovation and I will most certainly 
be back. Uh, there will be even more from Galway on next week's show. Make sure you search for Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts and hit subscribe so that episode will appear as if by magic on your device on Friday at noon. I'll be back with Pat Kenny on Tuesday morning to review the Google Pixel 6a. But in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend.